electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. No moderation in May CPI as headline hits 1%. That's above estimates. Year on year, 8.6, a new cycle high. Even core stays steady from last month's six tenths. Futures obviously adding to Thursday's late day swoon. And we are watching the curve today. We will begin uh, with uh, May's hotter-than-expected data, Jim. You just talked about it with Becky. Um, I was looking through every major component. Nothing fell. Not, uh, not apparel, month-on-month, month, not used cars, nothing. Well, I think that what's a shame about that number is, is that apparel's fallen big since then. Used cars have fallen very big since then. Uh, we obviously are now stalled in the housing market because rates have gone uh, so high. Uh, and the lock-ins are from two months ago. So this number is rearview mirror. At the same time, I think that the number is scaring people. And if the Fed acted right now with a big jolt, I think that would happen is people would say, you know what, it's going to peak, and the Fed is in charge, and I'm less concerned, and we can move on. But right now is a critical moment. You can really knock inflation out right here except for gasoline. And that's up to the president. The president can uh, negotiate a lower price. But the the president has to give in to what the oil companies want. So I'm very bearish about right now, obviously, because people don't realize that there are a lot of components that will be much better. Food will not be much better, but that's obviously transient to some, not to me. And gasoline will be worse. You have to start going back to when there's been big gasoline step functions up. David, you know that gasoline is very hard to get down unless we get about a couple million barrels more per day. And nobody sees that coming. Yeah, well, and getting a million barrels more a day is going to take a while regardless. Even, But to your point, you believe that it would help bring down the price near term in terms of at least changing the curve a bit. Refining yes. capacity, though, is another issue. We've talked about it, Jim. Um, that's not going anywhere either. No, uh, and those companies are making fortunes, and they should be careful. They should be careful because they're going to be vulnerable to the congressional investigation that we know is going to happen, David. When, you, when we see their quarters. Uh, but it, it should not extend to the uh, companies like the company that you're looking at, uh, which is Exxon. But we do know that the refinery margins are way too high and will draw a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And listen, you've been saying it over and over again that there needs to be a conversation. It's not completely clear to me that there is no contact whatsoever between these companies in the administration, Jim, but certainly... Um, Well, listen, I'd encourage them to just watch our documentary on June 22nd because you're going to hear from Darren Woods, who leads the most important oil company in the country and arguably in the world, uh, other than perhaps Saudi Aramco. You want to, you know, no dialogue? Listen to what he has to say, because it will give you great insight into how they view the transition, how they view their current place in the market uh, right now uh, as well, Jim. And maybe that's all it's going to come to. Uh, but well, perhaps at some point more of a more of a back and forth conversation between the leaders of these organizations will occur. But again, it's it's not as though you can just hit a switch. You know that no, you can't. No. And, and Carl, I'd point out that you have to start going back and looking at the big jumps in oil. 
the jumps in oil in the 70s, the jumps in oil uh, in the early 80s. And what happens is people only get used to it. People buy, I'm sure I fill the boat up with this, they go electric. Uh, we can't meet the demand for electric. Uh, they'll start working uh, even more at home. There are ways to be able to get around this, but it's going to take time. And in the interim, Jay Powell should be uh, having a 9 o'clock press conference, well, 9, 10, and saying, look, we've had enough. We're moving right now. We're moving 100. He will not want to do that because he's a little incrementalist and also because he, I'm not sure he wants to do shock and awe. But, Carl, right now, the American people want to know that the Fed has got this it, it moderate and it's got it under control, and they'll feel better. Uh, there will be less right now worry about recession than the idea that the Fed is not doing enough. Yeah. Well, we'll have at least uh, the National Economic Council Director Brian Deese in a few moments talk about uh, what policy moves can be made. As for the markets, Jim, Fed fund futures now uh, pricing in a half point in June, one in July, uh, one in September. And we should obviously remind viewers it's a global picture. We're obviously watching Italian debt today, uh, Greek debt. Uh, rate moves of this sort in rates d- does open the possibility, Jim, of, I don't know, ghosts of former sovereign uh, debt crises? Well, look, I, I think that, fortunately, central bankers uh, know what happened in 2008, and I don't think they're going to repeat it. I really I want to give them, I really do think they can do a good job there. Uh, look, look, they're just shocks, but you have to get rid of the mentality. I mean, out here, it's incredible, uh, and I'm not going to make, uh, I'm going to mince words about it. The person that you hear the most about out here is Jamie Dimon and his hurricane comment. There were a lot of people after they heard it said, you know what, we got to reconsider our hiring. Maybe we have to say, look, someone who is that knowledgeable, sees something coming, we have to fire. Uh, that was a very important comment. David, I know it sounds yeah. hard to believe, and I'm not picking on Jamie I, Dimon, but his reversal I, reverberates I, everywhere. I know. I'm not quite sure what to do with that. Um, I haven't got... I'm, I've heard some things that point to potentially the reason for his reversal, but I, I haven't confirmed that they are the case. Um, if they were true, though, it, would, it wouldn't be based on what people thought. I have to say that, Jim. I know that sounds so odd, and it's probably is it too late? value is it too late for him to clarify which week I mean, was right, the week is, where he was That is the question. That is, why not have already taken some opportunity to clarify to a certain extent? Um, what it was or why there was that change in that five-day period. It's very interesting that people took it so seriously because we do know Jamie, you know, can tend to talk uh, off the cuff, from the heart, so to speak. It's what makes him a good interview. So, you know, you, you, you could imagine that it wasn't necessarily something that had been thought through in great detail. But I just don't know. And I don't know if you've gotten insight. I haven't spoken to him directly in any way, shape, or form. I've heard a couple of things that I probably should make calls on. I've been busy, you know, working on this other thing. But, uh, I'm sorry, but Jim, it's interesting that, that's, that, that, really? has been, that that has been sort of driving the dialogue is interesting to me. Even it, out David, there. David, it, it really, I mean, yeah, I was at a dinner last night. And all anyone could talk about was which Jamie is right. Because if it's Jamie oh. of the hurricane, we got to fire. And, you know, they weren't talking yeah. about Jay Powell. They were talking about Jamie. And, and Carl, right. I think he really uh, didn't understand the power of his words. Uh, what he should do is come out and say, listen, let me clarify. Uh, if he doesn't, then uh, what happens is we're, we're, he did something bad for his bank and for the economy. And maybe that's what he wanted to do, but it sure seems like a strange thing for a banker to do. Uh, Jim, how, um, 
How are you characterizing the market response this morning? Uh, what levels are important to hold? Uh, Mark Newton, a well-known technician, says that uh, even after yesterday's sell-off, uh, as long as we hold, say, the high 3800s, that that, that May low uh, is, is still viable. Well, I, I think there's a bifurcation in this market that's extraordinary. I mean, you are seeing stocks like, I, I, let's pick on some ones that are doing well, uh, Airbnb, uh, DoorDash. These stocks go down 9 10%. DocuSign goes down 20%. We have two markets. We have the markets that was created by uh, 2019 going forward, and we're just taking those apart every single day. And then we have other parts uh, led by oil. Uh, banks go down. They drift down. Healthcare's okay. David, you know, look, I think yeah. what people are saying is, do you remember in 2000 when they decided to take apart everything NASDAQ, uh, leading with yeah. Cisco and Intel, but that uh, Bristol-Myers held up? We're, we're, yes. we're just doing a 2000 playbook. I think we've got to dust it off. Now, you know, I do hear I do hear those comparisons to uh, 2000 often as well. Uh, I mean, we've looked at different parts of our market now in terms of the speculative excess, whether it's SPACs or perhaps things related to crypto. But the damage being done to some of these companies is not dissimilar. You're right. Um, right. That said, Jim, many of the companies from the dot-com boom, of course, never saw a dime of profit, never had the prospect of right. it, and we're down 99.9% because they many of the certainly the business models that have been funded by that uh, huge amount of capital um, went bust. That's not going to happen here. Um, no. But I keep waiting, and I know you do, for when the bottom is put in in terms of, all right, this is a multiple that makes sense based on the future prospects for this company, uh, and we've already discounted the growth rate, and you know we've taken the multiple way down. I don't know. I hear more, and more often now from the hedge fund cohort, the people I still speak to in that world, that they just can't figure it out, that it's not an investing environment that they can figure out at this point. You know, a few weeks ago, I, quote, I, 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 I mentioned that uh, CO2, the very large hedge fund, it's had a great track record of success, Philippe Lafon, who runs it, was 80% cash, 80%. But maybe that was the right move in a market like this, Jim. Simply yeah, saying, uh, I don't it get it, I can't figure it out, I'm too confused, and I'm going to step aside for a bit. Well, we were talking, we were earlier, there was, uh, Mohamed al was talking about the credit risk. I'll tell you where it is. Uh, it's venture capital. Uh, a lot of these companies need a much better market. A lot of venture capitalists, David, the tale of this era may be uh, Tiger Global, which is the only, you're the only one really taking it seriously in terms of the damage it's done. But there are a lot of venture capitalists I've spoken to which just say, look, if you really mark to market where these uh, companies are, uh, you would find that Tiger Global and its ilk jacked up the prices, went to the bankers, said, here's what the prices are. And the prices now, the companies that are left, are a fraction of what people thought they were. So you get this situation, Carl, where, where people just say, look, the IPO market is shut. There are a lot of companies like DocuSign. If you go in the DocuSign quarter, again, the, the management acts like it was a great quarter. You know, management just said, hey, listen, it's never been better. And we added a new, and they always have something new that they added. And, and Carl, when you listen to the call, you say, hey, guys, your stock is down 25%. Address it. Address what's happening. Please, Dan Springer, address what's happening. And Dan Springer will say our business has never been better. We have a new feature that coordinates with banks. And someone has to say at that moment, what the heck are you smoking, partner? You have just cost people a fortune. Why don't you just say, listen, we know that the stock's bad. And we got to figure out what the hell to do. And you know who did that? Dara. Dara 
He absolutely had one of these moments where he said, you know what, I have got to come to grips with the fact that we're not doing well. And he talked about it. But the people on these calls like DocuSign, you would think they think, hey, listen, it doesn't matter what happens to our stock. We're just going to keep doing our job. Carl, it's not like that. There are people who own the stock and they're getting crushed. And Dan Springer's going to tell a story as if it's not happening, as I think Stitch Fitch would. Rent the runway. What a story. Carl, it's got to end. It's got to end. They have to say, you know what? We came public at a great moment, and it's really amazing, but we are not doing what you thought we would do. Yeah, ton of uh, bearish calls today. Webbush calls DocuSign a debacle. Evercore cuts to inline. B of A cuts to neutral. Goes from 120 down to 72. As for Uber, Jim, uh, Dara did talk to you about not only how early, I guess, he was in getting cost discipline baked into the model, but also the idea that somehow Uber's recession-proof. Take a listen. We're not rooting for a recession, right? The business is growing at really high rates right now. We're growing top line and bottom line. And I think what makes Uber different is that we're a truly durable company. We are recession-resistant in that we don't have big fixed costs. And our cost of supply essentially adjusts up and down. Uh, Today, Jim, we're going to talk about the Goldman downgrade of Netflix, eBay, Roblox uh, down to sell. But their buy ideas remain Meta, Google, Amazon and Uber. Well, there is a circling the wagons among who's going to get advertising. The advertising is going to go far more to the bigger guys and cut off the oxygen of of the little ones. Uh, if people want to know if the Dan Springer, so I don't want to pick on him too much, which is exactly, of course, what I'm doing. But if you read uh, <laughs> uh, Dara's uh, letter, Dara's letter just said, OK, listen, everything's different. Everything. And we got to change. And we're not we don't want our stock lower. We want our shareholders uh, uh, be, to be happier. To do that, we've got to do a lot of things. There are going to be more drivers because there will be a slowdown. But, David, Dara's letter yeah. is what? What? Yeah. What's a yeah? No. That was a, I, uh, that just, was a letter that addressed what's happening. You, you s- agree. Fine. Oh, okay. But when it comes to these stocks, and you're talking about 2000, we're showing one side of it. You've got to show the other side. It's just a big round trip. They're all big round trips. We sat there talking about how times were great, how growth was great. The multiples went skyrocketing. The Fed, obviously, balance sheet went to $9 trillion. Show the whole thing. DocuSign. Zoom. I'll Uber. show the Look, I want me to the put same. the chart. Give me the chart of DocuSign, please. Hey, I'm just I'm calling it up, David. Now, what about you're absolutely right. It's just a giant bump. But the question is, is not the multiple. It's what are, are these companies? Is DocuSign worth 17 billion or is it worth 7 billion? Uh, and there are no takeovers. Like, you know, no one you don't hear uh, Jamie Dimon saying, you know, this is my time to buy DocuSign. You just hear him talking about Ruben Hurricane Carter. Or whatever. Do you think he knows who Ruben Hurricane Carter was? Yes, of course he does. Of course he does. Do you think he's out of touch? He's an old guy like us. He knows. He knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Play the Dylan song. Um, All right. All right. All right. All right. Guys, coming up, Do you think he knows who Wilderborn Monroe was? I don't know. We'll talk more about Netflix and this Goldman slapping a sell rating on the stock in a moment. Shares down 5% pre-market. We'll get more to Stitch Fix, Disney, uh, Tesla, uh, and all the comments in the past 24 hours from Druckenmiller, Einhorn, Yellen, and more. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. 
like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Netflix is extending its losses in what's already been a tough year. Goldman cuts to sell today from neutral. They say, quote, we have concerns around the impact of a consumer recession as well as heightened levels of competition. We view Netflix as a show-me story with a light catalyst path. We modestly lower our paid streaming subs across every region. Jim, uh, they go from 265 to 186. Yeah, I mean, look, it's just one of those notes. I think it's a little self-explanatory, which is basically... We were, we were paying too much for Netflix. There's a lot of competition. You got to get more realistic about what Netflix is worth. I think that David's comments about the U, the big U-turn and, and the comeback, and you go back and look at what Netflix was like a few years ago, and David, that, that's yeah. where the stock goes. It goes where it's I mean, we'll, just we'll, indistinguishable. We'll show it again because it's there it is. I mean, the long move up and then the move down. I didn't find this note particularly instructive at all. No, I think no, you kind of was, said the same thing, Jim. I mean, when you get yeah. to the point, first of all, I looked at sort of his price target. It's based on, you know, 12 times EV over gap, EBITDA, fine, whatever. 20 times EBIT, you know, EV over free cash flow, multiple, discounted back. My favorite part, what could make us more positive? Subscriber growth. I know. Well, that's, wasn't it funny? That's, that's, End of password that's very helpful. Yeah, this was... Now, do you think what, it was just the product of some director coming in and saying, would you please pull up what everybody else is saying? We got to get on I board. Know. <laughs> I felt we, bad for the guy because he obviously had a lot of work to do in this thing. So, you know, and but I think that there could be plagiarism yeah. here. And now, his, his, his group is getting crushed. I always love Wall Street's ability to come up with new words instead of saying losses or down a lot. This is a, since October of 21, our, our coverage universe um, – has derated. Jim, it's derated, derated 49%. Yeah, it's derated. derated. That's a word. <laughs> Instead of, I, oh, no, okay, I, that's great. It's derated. It's like that word that hedge funds came up with, drawdown. We had right. nothing to do with the fact that we lost all that money. It was a drawdown. It, it was drawn down. It wasn't us. Well, I just love the language. Derated. No, the language is great. And I was disappointed by this whole package, Carl. It's a gigantic package because it's almost as if it's just a recognition of what's happening, uh, except for they threw it in front door. I, I just, you know, I read it and I said, OK, I know we're going to have to comment on it, but could you just be a little bit more original in what could turn things around? 
The one thing David said, though, Carl, that I just keep returning to is these companies are not going to go away. It is not 2000 in the sense that we won't be using Netflix. But we paid too much. In retrospect, we paid too much for Netflix. That's what we did. Well, on the, and now we got to uh, figure out. The, we got to pay too little. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, on the cost side, Jim, we got Disney uh, ousting their uh, content chief, Peter Rice. Uh, Amazon has apparently decided that uh, rights to cricket are too expensive. And as Bernstein says today, uh, if Amazon thinks the IPL rights are too expensive, you know they are expensive. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, look, it, it, there's one. There's pieces out which say if Disney gets cricket, it's great. And if it doesn't get it, it's great. All I can tell you is if Disney doesn't stop firing people in piecemeal, then every time they fire someone, the stock is going to go lower. This is fire per share. Uh, talk about losing the narrative. You think the Fed's yeah. lost the narrative? David, I want when them, you keep seeing I, I these firings. I know. Well, they keep signing people to long-term deals and then firing them and paying them out. I mean, shouldn't they take count a charge me in. for Fox? Count me in. I'm ready David, to go. Where's, where's Sign Fox, me up. that acquisition? Fire me. It, Fox where's acquisition that, where's has the been, acquisition of Fox rated in your, somewhat in, difficult. In your panoply of, of deals? I mean, where listen, uh, Peter Rice, it's, it's, oh, it's not, in, not even in the top 10 is bad. It's, it's not? It's not. No, it's suboptimal, How but it's not. How do you crack into the top 10 then? What do you I have don't to know. do? I got to go over my top 10. Uh, you know, I got to go How over my Exxon top 10. How about Exxon to XTO? How'd that work? That was terrible. That was a terrible acquisition. They $41 hate it billion. When you dollars. Say that. They get very mad, David. Yeah. Did you I know. bring it up well, in the doc? They're gonna, yeah, June in fact, 22nd I think I've even got you. Did you in, mention I think it? I've got, I think I've got you in there criticizing that deal. Can you imagine? We got to go to the mad dash, David, but I do think you should address right. it with a hard head on. <laughs> on my show, when you promote, after all the other shows, because you're on every show. I will be on every show promoting, yes. You're a real radio. In the meantime, killer. Jim, we will get your mad dash in a minute as we count down to the opening bell. Keep your eye on futures in the wake of that CPI print. We're back in a moment. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, a little less than uh, two minutes before we get started with trading on the final day of uh, what's been a difficult week. Let's get a mad dash in, Jim. We have people who feel vindicated by some of these declines. Uh, Barclays analysts had been negative on Tesla the whole way. Uh, really comes, lowers the boom. Talks about Shanghai shackles second quarter production. Some very big uh, cuts in the number of cars made. And But if he's got a, a sell, but he does raise his price target from 325 to 370. So what's happening here, David, is you have analysts who are justifying their negativity, miss the whole move up, and are now saying, you know what? I told you so. The only problem is, is that he told you so, and you would have made three times your, your money. But this is another stock that when the Fed got tough, it peaked. And you can see on the far left the peak from the Fed, and then you had a couple of fits and starts. But this piece, David, basically says that, that there is going to be a reason uh, for Musk to lay off people, and he may have 
They have to. The one thing I don't like about this piece, David, is that the higher oil goes up, the more cars they're going to sell. And so there's no demand problem here. And I think we should be worrying about demand much more than supply. It drives people, there's no doubt. I mean, they're already moving towards electric anyway, but it certainly drives them even more so. Obviously, Carl, juxtaposed, by the way, that uh, down, that lower with the upgrade yesterday from UBS of Tesla, which did have a positive impact on the shares. All right, let's get to the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange. And the big board did is Snap-on, celebrating its 100th anniversary at the NASDAQ Phoenix Motor, which develops and manufactures electric vehicles. Jim, we'll watch the open here. Breath, obviously, extremely weak. Our thanks to Helene Meisler, who points out that there have been five 90% volume down days since April. In the prior 10 months, there were only two. Look, I, I've been relying on Helene Meisler's work since 1989, and it's excellent. Uh, I would also point out that at a certain point, you got to uh, default to what the late Mark Haynes would say, which is that if you have days that are nine to one down, you better start looking for things to buy. We're not really oversold yet. Uh, and I know it seems almost ludicrous to try to look for things to buy. But you can still buy the oils. I know that they're heinous to a lot of people, but they're working. David, you know what's happened here? Tell me. Kicking and screaming, everybody hates the oils. They don't, they don't want to own them. But when you look at what real price targets go higher, if you care about that stuff, over and over again, you're going to see it's Devon. You're going to see it's Pioneer. You're going to see it's your your company, Exxon, which you have a documentary on June 22nd at 8. Uh, and not to get around, but that's the kind of stock that you buy. Still, you think. I mean, it's not as though energy yes. hasn't had an incredible move, Jim. Um, and, and you still believe there's room to go, broadly speaking. I just think you have to look at it. Look at it as a percentage of the S&P. It's yeah. just too small. Uh, and given what they can do, and if they start producing even more, but still give you those dividends, they should be maybe 8 to 10% of the S&P. They need to double. And you really need to think like that because institutions are still very underweight oil, sometimes because they hate fossil fuels like our president, but sometimes because they don't believe the move. And the move is for real. Now, this is a step, step function up. There are not enough electric cars to bring it back down. Carl, we are in a worldwide shortage. And if someone can tell me that, that Ukraine is about to have a peace talk with Russia. Maybe I dis- maybe I would disagree with my own thesis. But, Carl, I'm not seeing anything other than siege out of Ukraine, which means longer and longer and higher and higher oil. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly uh, the comments from Putin earlier in the week about taking back references to Peter the Great, Jim. Uh, I mean, we're a long way from establishing any timetable for ongoing negotiations. Interesting piece in the journal today, though. A thousand companies have either cut back or left Losses topping $56 billion. The sanctions basically making business there untenable. Uh, when I talk to people out here in technology, they're shocked uh, that the Russians are, I think that they can have a, uh, a first world economy without the technologies being taken away. They were always bad at much of technology to begin with, uh, just in terms of consumer technology, but also enterprise. And this should set them back. Uh, Putin doesn't seem to realize that ultimately... If you do not have the modern-day technology, you will not have the weapons. But uh, we're not at a, a point where we're telling the, the Ukrainians to declare war against Russia in the sense of going into Russia. But I cannot believe, Carl, that they're willing to, that the Russians can handle what would be just basically a, a return to pre-'86. Uh, I don't mean the year. I mean the semiconductor. 
it is just a remarkable time that they're willing to forego all this technology, and that's what they have to do. Speaking of technology, I know you got Lisa Sue tonight, right? On the heels oh, of that yeah. investor day, uh, they did say they're looking for a down year in PCs, but some of their margin targets pretty robust. Oh, look, this was a tour de force meeting, and they're, pat they're just pulling away from Intel. I know that the people at Intel think that I'm a broken record, but Lisa Sue did a remarkable job. The presentation was incredible. The number of new chips they have, the hyperscalers, when they say who they're working with, of course, are the, are the FANG stocks. Look, I, I, if you sell AMD today, it's because you're just really tired and sad. Tired and sad? <laughs> yeah, tired and sad. David, so there are a lot people of people are. who are tired and sad. Well, they're tired of the hurricane diamond. They're tired of the Fed not moving fast enough. They're tired of the talk about layoffs. They're, they're tired of the fact that they have too many engineers and the halcyon days are over. I don't know. Carl, it, it has a very feel, a very bad feel here. Uh, the feel Man, is I, I, of, your your mood is your mood's darkened since you went out west. I don't know. Well, you know that's because I did home. reporting. You know the concept of reporting. You pioneered it. Thanks. I mean, look, I'm waiting. I'm in Chuck Roberts from Cisco. Everybody said the same thing to me, which is how long, how deep, and they're talking about the recession. Okay. They like our program. They watch it. I think that's really good, Carl. They get up and watch it. They do. They do. Uh, we have the text to prove it from many of them during the course of the show, which is always nice. Well, they're all hoping, everyone's hoping that we'll get more positive. And I keep telling them, no, you see, like, we're TV people. We're not the Fed. Carl, there's not much we can do. I, look, not, I don't no, want to contribute to the gloom other than the fact that there are too many engineers. Let's be, let that be the takeaway. There were not so enough it, engineers for 10 years. Now, if you want to get a degree, I think you should go for uh, fashion and business. Um, I wonder then if that will change the leverage. I want to come back briefly, guys, to a conversation we've been having now for two years, which is back to the office, or let's call it a, at least a year and a half since we've all been back in various places. But um, uh, we got to go to Dees. We got to go to Dees, Carl. We can't have that conversation. We'll, we'll come back. But you're to right, it. Dan. Yeah, we'll do it later. By the way, I'm just I'm, I'm hypnotized by the S&P for a moment there. Not a single component on the S&P was green. Uh, zero components green this morning. Back to inflation, as we said, rising more than expected in May to 8.6 over a year ago, highest since 81. Joining us for the first response from the White House and the administration, National Economic Council Director Brian Deese. Brian, good morning. Good to have you. It's good to be here. Uh, watching headline, but also watching core. Six-tenths is the same as five of the last eight months. Uh, Year-to-date, average gain is only five-tenths. Um, is there is the view from the White House that core may actually be reaccelerating? Well, look, I think the news today underscores the importance of what the president is doing, which is identifying and fight, fighting inflation as the top economic priority for the country right now. Uh, certainly, it's heartening to see some moderation uh, on annual uh, core. Uh, and so uh, we will keep a close eye on that. And obviously, there's a, di a distinction emerging between core CPI and core PCE. But at the end of the day, what we saw in May, we didn't need this report to underscore. But what we know in May is that energy prices have driven up the price of the pump for families and consumers and the price of fuel oil uh, and natural gas is uh, is working its way through the economy and affecting elements of the core as well. Uh, we see that, for example, in airline prices. So uh, that is uh, that is our challenge. That is our focus. And the issue now is 
how can we actually make progress on concrete steps that would improve that. Uh, we're very hopeful and we're calling on Congress to move on shipping legislation that would bring down the cost of moving goods overseas. We talked to a number of CEOs over the course of this week that say that that would be a game changer in terms of uh, them not having to pass on those prices to consumers. And we're also focused on how we can lower the deficit so that uh, fiscal policy can be complementary to what the Fed is trying to do. Right. I don't know if you've been able to catch any of our programming this week, but it seems like at the top of every show we talk about what outreach from the White House to the oil industry would mean in lowering energy prices. We've talked about this uh, before. Um, why, why haven't you had more direct conversations with oil executives about production, or have you, and we just don't know about it? Well, I did, I did hear some of it. I heard uh, Jim's commentary as well. Uh, we've had conversations, including this week, uh, with CEOs of oil companies, uh, we'll, and we will continue to do that. Uh, look, th th we operate in, uh, in a market, a global uh, oil market, uh, and then a market for refined uh, product as well. And there's a very strong market incentive right now. Uh, but we should start with some uh, facts highest natural gas production in the United States ever happening right now under President Biden. We're about to hit the highest oil production levels uh, ever uh, under President Biden. We have real challenges and part of it is that the oil industry, the, the refinery industry, took 800 million barrels a day of refinery capacity offline before this president took office uh, during the uh, pandemic. And so right now we are short refinery capacity because of those decisions. Those decisions were decisions made by those companies as fiduciaries. And now we need to work on what we can do to actually get more capacity and more product onto the market. But I wanna be very clear, any constructive step that would actually help in the very immediate term to try to bring more refinery capacity online, get more output out of refineries. We have put that request directly to companies. We'll continue to do so. If there's any practical step from the government's perspective, we stand ready to do that. Well, uh, Brian, look, you're a realist, and I appreciate that. Uh, we have to go brown to green first. Uh, the great Larry Fink, who I really love, has really outlined a, a, a path. And you know what? You haven't done it. You haven't just said, OK, listen, guys in the Permian, oil's at 120. We know that you're returning a lot of money to your shareholders. We need you to do what's right. In return, we know you need pipe. We know that natural gas would come down dramatically if they had enough pipe. I love your number, but your number's about the number of, amount of pipe. Even if we just decide that we can keep the price of oil down by actually exporting it and get oil down in the future, you know, it's a win for you. But what, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of being seen with guys who are involved with fossil fuel? Are you afraid of the president going to Permian rather than Saudi Arabia? Come on, man. Come on. You know the real. Look, you know the real. Look, you know what has look, to be look, done? Look, you're look, a realist. Let me, let, me, let me just tell you what the president has done. The president traveled to Europe and he said, I am going to increase natural gas exports to Europe. Over the course of a couple of months, what has happened? Natural gas imports are out of the United States are up 20%. The share of U.S. natural gas going to Europe has doubled. That's happened over just the last couple of months because the president went out, said that to the world. And in fact, right now, the reason why natural gas prices are going up is because we have dramatically increased exports of natural gas. That's what's happening right now. The price of natural gas is going up because those exports are increasing. So we're, we're, uh, we, are, we are acting. Uh, and we are communicating that we're prepared to do things in the media term. And at the same time, to your point, there is a transition. The market is driving it, and we are going to take steps to encourage that. But 
uh, we're, uh, we're practical and pragmatic about this, uh, but it's also important that we look at what's actually happening. Natural gas is a great example of that. Brian, it's David, but as part of that transition, people may need to get accustomed to higher prices overall. Isn't that just a simple fact? I, look, it, before Putin began amassing troops at the border, the price of gas in the United States, the average price of gas in the United States, was about $1.75 less than it is today. And in real terms, it was lower than the average for the past decade. So, uh, so if you really isolate what's going on here, it's because Vladimir Putin decided to take on this irresponsible war, and we've created uh, all of these perturbations in the global energy markets. So yes, we have to deal with that. And yes, we have to stand with Ukraine and we need to fight his aggression. And yes, that creates serious global challenges in our energy market. But I don't think we should confuse that with the transition that the market is driving and that we can accelerate while actually lowering costs for consumers. I mean, the thing that people often miss out is that if we provided technology neutral long-term incentives to produce lower cost, cleaner energy in the United States, American utility companies would go out and lower people's utility bills. If Congress passed that legislation, American utility companies would actually lower utility bills. So there's actually a pathway here to reduce the cost of energy uh, for American families while also helping accelerate the transition that the market is driving. Yeah, well, another way would be to put a real price on carbon that's higher than where it currently is. Uh, argument for another day. Brian, let me come back to you, though. You know, I have a, a button collection from when I was a kid, including, I think, a Whip Inflation Now button from 1975, I think, it was uh, under Ford. Uh, it didn't work. Um, what makes you think it can work now? It wasn't until Volcker started to raise rates dramatically. I mean, how much can a White House really do here to actually act against inflation? Or are you really relying more on Mr. Uh, Mr. Powell? Well, I think this president has been very clear that, number one, he is going to give the Fed the independence to operate. And that is not something we should take for granted. You're talking about history. That is not something that has been the norm in the past. Presidents have sought to politicize Fed decision making. This president did something unique, sat in the Oval Office with the chairman of the Federal Reserve and said, I will not do that. That's number one. But we also know that making things more affordable for families right now and reducing the federal deficit, both of those things would be complementary to what the Fed is trying to accomplish. So fiscal policy does have a role to play here, and it's actually pretty straightforward. If we did tax reform right now that reduced the deficit, that would be complementary to what the Fed uh, is doing. So on both economics uh, and also, you know, it turns out that what's good economic policy often ends up being good politics. There's no reason why we can't reform the tax code bring in more revenue, reduce the deficit, and then help the Fed in what it's trying to do. Brian, finally, ending on a, on a separate topic, uh, Wires have a, a piece now quoting a U.S. official that uh, Biden will lift COVID-19 testing requirements for international travel uh, to the U.S. effective Sunday. Any comment? Well, this is an issue that we have been uh, looking at for some time and taking input on. It's a public health issue. Uh, uh, decision, uh, but we uh, we believe that we've, we've made the progress that we need to make uh, in having protocols in place around COVID that we can uh, lift this requirement, and I think that will be uh, good news for business travel, good news for uh, American uh, commerce, uh, American companies as well. Brian, as always, we appreciate it, especially on the heels of such an important uh, metric as CPI today. See you next time. It's good to be with you, Brian Deese, National Economic Council. 
Uh, interesting, uh, interesting discussion. Got to a bunch there, David. Yeah, we did. I mean, I'm not sure we reached any uh, conclusions at all. And I know Jim is still frustrated, uh, in part, I would assume, uh, by the response on energy. Uh, you know, there's so many different elements of this as well, whether it's refining, whether it's pipelines, whether it's obviously the production itself, which, as we keep saying, still will take nine months to a year, even if you do put it on, and not as though the companies aren't continuing to increase their production in certain parts of the world. Of course, they are, Jim, but it's a lot of moving parts. Right, but look, they hate fossil fuels. And a lot of the numbers that, I think Brian's really good, but a lot of the numbers he talked about are not true. I mean, we're not producing as much as we did under President Trump. Uh, the idea that it's European, uh, that it's the Europeans that are causing natural gas to go up a lot isn't true. We just were unprepared for this particular moment and don't have enough pipelines. Uh, look, they hate fossil fuels. They don't want, they don't want to go to the Permian and be seen with, with Scott Sheffield from Pioneer. They just don't want to do it. They think it's a really bad thing for their for the election. It's not, it, it, but it would help the, the. You know, they're a little backward. If they made a deal with the so-called devil to be able to move the forward curve to say, guys, you got to start producing much, much more. Oil would drop. They'd work with their refiners to try to figure out how to get more production. But David, these are dirty companies, and they don't. Yeah, it's they better no, to mean, not be they, seen listen. with them. They are making efforts to obviously reduce their carbon footprints. All the majors have the ambition of being carbon but neutral. You ever That's hear Biden scope say one that? and two, by the way. Have you heard Biden say, you know what, they're doing things and I want to break bread with them? Have you heard him say that? No. 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 No, I it's haven't. like they're doing nothing. Um, it's like the little companies from the 70s. He is not in touch be, with business. There should be a more, a more robust dialogue. I, mean, I don't know to what extent there is. Dees you know, referred to it. I, I, I don't know. Um, but you certainly could imagine a more robust dialogue around Maybe all of these Maybe it was issues. more unionized. Um, then he talked they to don't, Yeah, they don't consider them a partner to a certain extent or a trusted no. partner in the, in the energy transition. But so the Saudis are better? Is it better to go to Saudi Arabia? But, no, it isn't. But at the same time, we do have this climate change issue, which is not an insignificant one. And so it keeps coming. So make a deal with the devil. Every year. Saudi Arabia, not Permian. So the Saudis are better friends of the United States than Western Texas. All right, fine. Well, it is uh, notable, Jim, that the few few names that are green today are very energy-reliant. Southwest, United, American, Norwegian, Carnival. Uh, Or maybe that's just a signal that demand is going to look past some of these uh, fare increases. Well, look, uh, people want to travel. I, we, we should figure out. There's two things they should figure out. One is how to be able to get airline flights down and have more competition by just having right now a preemptive strike by Jonathan Cantor saying, let's just stop it with this spirit nonsense. We're not going to allow that. And then the second thing they should do is they should have an antitrust investigation into price fixing or alleged price fixing by the three companies that do most of the shipping. They're not American companies. I think you'd find that there's the possibility that they, uh, there's an alleged collusion. Uh, they won't go to justice and say, look into it. They're just so uncreative. They are uncreative. They don't understand how business works. Carl, they are uh, they kind of are, are, are like people who think, you know what, though, I don't know about these business people. I, I think we should stay away from them because when we're pictured with them, we're going to lose the state of uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know. So you want you want uh, you want more theater. I mean, you want a big table with executives around it and, pic- and pictures and cameras. 
I want the president to be savvy enough to say, okay, guys, I know you're starting. I know you made this po- these policies to return investments to the shareholders, and I get that. But during that period, oil's going to 122. What are your needs? What are your needs? And I'll give you, uh, are you there's no give without a get. You guys need X, I'll give you this. I will make it so pipelines are easier to have. I'll make it so that we will be able to make it so that there's you get some tax credits for carbon, uh, for carbon cat, capture. But what do you need? It's a pretty simple equation. What do you need? Well, Refiners, get some what tax do you need? For carbon capture, they're just not necessarily high enough right now to fully move that well, business where that. they want to invest an enormous Be, amount of capital. But in David, it. I'm it saying will come, and technology creative. will help that as well. But they're um, not creative. Yeah, but you because know what? Neither are shareholders. A- neither are shareholders, Jim. I mean, you know, that's another part of this equation. You keep talking like they're all going to be so happy when the when if the if the administration if David, was successful in getting the big oil companies to say we're going to spend a lot more. If they don't want that either. 35, why not drill a little more? Go to why the not just and say, keep listen. sending me money? Why not just keep sending me bigger dividends? Well, why? Why do I want you to do that when I know at American. some point you you're not going to use gasoline us? anymore? Because there are going to be only electric vehicles We give the Saudis the weapons, I know they at pump some more. point you're going to have to make the transition. I'm just saying that these are real Americans. They're not bad guys. They're all trying. We're going to watch your documentary. Totally. And we're going to say, hey, you know what? They've all gotten religion. The president should sit down with him. But, Carl, that's a bad, you know, that, that's bad <laughs> optics. they got to get away from optics. Brian Dees is a substantive guy. He knows what to do. But he's got to uh, be on message. And on message yeah. is to say, look, we gotta, we got, we're in favor of solar in your tank. I'd rather have Tony the Tiger in my tank. <laughs> really quick, well, because David was about to get to, really quick, work from home, yeah. this B of A survey. Yes. Uh, back in March, they, they asked, would you prefer to work from home? 92% said yes. Mm-hmm. It's down to 68. It's down 24 points. It's funny. I've been hearing it anecdotally. I don't know if you have too, Jim, that, that there are certainly younger people are actually now questioning companies like, do I have to work from home? Uh, if I take this job, can I come to the office? Um, there is a well, cohort that wants to be in, and yet yesterday, uh, Howard Schultz at uh, Andrew's conference saying he, he's lost the war, like so many of these other CEOs that want people in. He says, I can't get it. I can't get well, it. Well, maybe if they keep raising the price of, uh, of at-home dining, like we saw in the CPI, you'll want to go back and get the free lunch at the office. Free hey, lunch. the cafeterias in these places are heavily subsidized. Yeah. Look, here's Schultz I, talking your, about. Here's Schultz. People Let's listen to home. Schultz. Thanks. Yeah. Let's listen to Schultz talking about his frustration. I have been unsuccessful, despite everything I've tried to do, to get our people back to work. You want them back. I mean, there's... You know, I there's want them back. I, I, I pleaded with them. I said, I'll get on my knees. I'll do push-ups, whatever you want. Come back. No, they are not coming back at the level I want them to. And, I, you know, we're a very collaborative, creative group. And uh, I realize that... Uh, I'm an old school person, and this is a different generation, and I've been schooled by our people. Don't say too much. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we have to establish a new way of working. And I'm, I, you know, I've embraced it. I thought that was, I mean, I, that, that's everything I hear, Jim, from every CEO. I found this crazy thing. Oh, just you over me. If you pay them a lot more, they'll do what you want. I don't know. I mean, maybe that is really old school. Which is that if you pay people more, they tend to want to do what you say. And so maybe instead of the college benefits, whatever, you have to raise the price of this and pay them at a price 
that says, okay, listen, I don't really want to do it, but I'll do it because I want the money. And that's what it comes down to. They got to charge you more and pay those people more. And that is the American way. Maybe labor should be winning. Don Draper, who said that's what the money is for, uh, is is doing what we ask you to do. We'll find out whether the labor labor cycle What time is Draper uh, on? Is he on the D830 next time Uh, for labor? Oil. What? What about oil? What about it? Uh, uh, June 22nd. Yeah, June 22nd. Man, judging from Twitter, it's going to it's going to be never-ending on both sides of this climate change debate. I'm going to have to give me a hard hat, Carl. Yeah. Do you think uh, the president it's a, it's will watch big... it, or is it because it, if he's seen watching Exxon, he'll he'll think his base doesn't like him? I don't. Know. A big pivot. We know that. Let's get to bonds. Ten-year, uh, three eleven. Uh, we're down about five eighty-five. Basically, a two and a half week low on the Dow. Uh, VIX month-to-date high near twenty-eight. We're back in a moment. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Okay, so if you think there's any hope for this market today, watch AMD. Lisa Sue's going to be on an amazing analyst meeting yesterday. Watch CyberArk. It's cybersecurity. It's in great, great bull mode. Uh, Udi Makati's having a great quarter. So those two can turn, then the market can turn. Just put them on your screen. Let them be. Yeah. Uh, well, watch them, Jim. We'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Oil Eastern time, can come down, Carl. Oil can come down, but it requires face-to-face. Yep, uh, not much down by a nickel right now as the Dow's session low, down 600. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com.